And then I realized within a couple of minutes that I wasn't crying for that cat. I was crying for the loss of a life I'd had. It was that momentary shift, that little moment that seemed to be about something else that actually catalyzed the real change in me that made me look for my own dragon fire, made me look inward. I'm Brian Kramer. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is making smaller shifts. It's the small shifts in our lives that can create epic outcomes. Your journey to be more deeply connected into the life you truly deserve starts right now. Welcome to Humanly Possible, a podcast focused on small shifts that can make epic differences in our lives and at work. I'll introduce our guest, who is someone I admire and recently met, uh, have become uh, excited about all the different things that he has in his background. It's the res- his resume is like 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 a rainbow. It's like a flavor. It's like a thirty one flavors. There are so many different aspects and layers to this to him. We'll talk about him like he's not here, right? Um, and I'm so honored to have him on the show and have having met him. His name is Dove Baron. Uh, he is the dragonist guiding us in how to recognize and nurture dragons, the top talent hidden in our organizations. A dragon leader is not a position. It's someone who always is pushing to improve and wants those they serve to reach their potential. So Dub believes the world needs more dragon leaders, which I can't wait to talk about, uh, committing to the living their purpose, standing in their truth, and empowering others to find their fire and do the same. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Brian. It's a pleasure and honor to be here. Looking forward to this, looking forward to sharing, and looking forward to being in your presence. Thank you, sir. Oh, this would be great. Well, like I said before, you've got so many different different uh, aspects to your life. I'd, I'd love to just jump right in and talk about a small shift in your life. Maybe it felt small at the time, but ended up being a big shift for you. You know, it's interesting because <clears throat> I... Yeah, I'm really glad that you have this subject because I think that we get, as a society, we're very focused on the big shifts. And what I believe with every fiber of my being is the big shifts are what I call um, catalytic moments. They're pivotal moments. But actually, the moment that you change is not those. So as you may know, in June 1990, I fell off a mountain and got smashed to pieces while free climbing. That's a pretty big change. I was more successful than I'd ever been up until that point. And people go, oh, that must have changed your life. No, it didn't. It embedded me. It made me deeper embedded into the behaviors I had. I fell in June. In, in November of that same year, I bungee jumped to 140 feet. Not, you know, a bit thick, slow learner as it happens. But the point of the matter is that the change actually came much later when I walked into my kitchen. And as I walked into my kitchen on a night, almost nine months afterwards. And I was feeling like I'd never was never going to find my joy again. And I'd had a finally had a night out with my, my mates. And I was like, Oh, yeah, yeah I left. Okay, I'm coming back. I felt like my life was coming back. I opened the kitchen door. The light came in from the end from the outside across the floor. And across the floor was festooned garbage everywhere. There was dish, uh, there were empty cartons, there was kitty litter. There was meat packages and it smelled awful. I knew exactly who to blame. And I was furious. I went from feeling joy to feeling rage. And I walked into the living room and I found the culprit curled up, comfy on the couch. I lifted my hand to strike. 
and about halfway down, remembered that that's not who I am, some part of me. And instead of hitting the cat, I picked it up into my arms and it was cold and dead. And I fell to my knees and I wept and I wept and I wept. And then I realized within a couple of minutes that I wasn't crying for that cat. I was crying for the loss of a life I'd had. It was that momentary shift, that little moment that seemed to be about something else that actually catalyzed the real change in me that made me look for my own dragon fire, made me look inward. And people go, it must have been the fall. No, it wasn't. It wasn't the fall at all. When people would ask me, how you doing? I'd say, I'm great. I'm coming back. Like there is a back. That's not how, that's not how evolution works. It was that tiny little moment of picking up that cat and holding it in my arms and feeling that moment of grief that allowed me to catalyze that changed everything, absolutely everything. Wow, I'm sure that has uh, informed the rest of your life and the way that you look at things and the way you look at changes and even uh, in your own approach as the dragon leader. Mm -hmm. uh, tell, us, tell us more about that. Well, let me help everybody understand first what that means. So, you know, you gave a sort of quick description of a dragon leader, but the way I want you to think about it is, here's why I love that metaphor. I studied archetypical psychology, and I always loved the idea of dragons. I think most of us do. But when we think about dragons, we think about this fierce creature that most people or most even characters are afraid of. But what we don't realize is that dragons, first of all, don't fly in big flocks. They tend to be different than everything around them. That's, so those are important factors. Then on top of that, they're covered in these hard scales and they have massive wingspan. So they have a ton of power and they're almost impenetrable. But what people don't know, if you read the mythology and you look into the, the archetypes of them, dragons not only breathe fire, but the, the first scale on their chest is translucent. You can see the heartbeat of a dragon in, in the mythology. So dragons lead with the most vulnerable part of themselves that is penetrable, which is their heart, and they lead with heart and fire. And it's that combination that makes for a beautiful leader who deeply loving and caring, but is willing to breathe fire onto the lies that they've been told about their industry, about themselves, about their business, about the world in front of them. And they will do that, and they will take the spears knowing that they are going to confront what needs to be confronted. Wow, that's yeah. So I yes, I love dragons. You you uh, you hit the right person here. Um, just the magic <laughs> and the mystique exactly. of, of a dragon is so um, interesting. The way that you talk about each one being unique uh, and different, and um, and so that certainly makes sense. I'm curious, how do you teach people to embrace those things? Uh, how do you educate people to and train them and, and coach them? along that path? Great question. Thank you. So first of all, what we say is that dragons are forged in fire. I want you to think about that for a minute. Dragons are forged in fire. If you take iron and you forge it in fire, you will end up with steel, which is much stronger than iron. We are forged in fire. My fire was the fall off the mountain. Your fire might be a divorce, a bankruptcy, covid loss of somebody you love, there's a million ways to walk through the fire. And when you walk through that fire, you will either be burned up and away, or you will be refined, you will be transformed into something else. And we psychologically, 
out of our own protection. We don't want to look at the fire in our lives. We don't want to look at what's been painful. We want to talk about our glory and our success. Look at me. I did this and I made a million dollars last week. But we don't, if we don't pay attention to the fire, the thing that burned away the illusion, we don't get to really embrace the power of what we are. And so, again, back to the mythology, when you look at a dragon, in mythology, dragons are always protective of that which is valuable. So, for instance, in um, Lord of the Rings, the dragon sits on top of all the gold. That's a metaphor. Dragons protect what is precious, what is valuable. That's what we all need to do. But we've protected it and we've hidden the dragon away. So we've got to, in order to bring that treasure to the world, we have to free that dragon. In order to do that, we have to step into the fire. So as Joseph Campbell said, the treasure you seek can only be found in the cave you fear to step into. It's that turning to their fear. And once a leader does that, everything is transformed. Their business is transformed. Their purpose is transformed. Their community is transformed. Their culture is transformed. It's a beautiful thing. Oh, that's, um, well, obviously you've, you've said, you've talked about this a, a lot and, and really put a lot of effort into creating a model that works for, uh, anyone who wants to become a leader. Do you think that anybody can become a leader and that they can make the right shifts to, uh, even define what leadership means for them and right. how to create that around them? So you've gone to a really good point there. You see, the people say, oh, you know, everybody's a leader. No, they're not. Some people don't want to be leaders, right? I'm not here about making people into leaders who don't want to be leaders. You don't want to be a leader. That's great. Okay. Uh, I would suggest that you lead your own life and that you don't keep handing your power over to everybody else. But that's my preference. That's not yours. Maybe you like it and that's okay. I'm not here to judge you on that. But if you choose to be a leader, that means you have, and think about leadership in the simplest form. Leaders have influence and impact. They have an idea, they have a vision, they have something, and they, tr- and they influence others. They have impact on others to bring that to fruition. That's leadership. Whether you're a parent of children, you're a leader. Okay, but being a dragon leader, that's something else altogether. That means that you have something that is bigger than you. So when people will say, well, Dove, what's your dragon fire? My dragon fire is to bring out the dragon fire in other leaders who may not know my name and whose name I may never know. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than my lifetime. When you're in touch with your dragon fire, it's not about a mission. Who cares about a mission? It's not even about Simon Sinek's why, which is wonderful. It's the why of your why. It's the fire within you that you want to outlive you. You want it to outgrow you. You want it to go way beyond you so that your grandchildren will talk about it to their friends and and their friends will never know your name. It doesn't matter. It's not relevant. What's relevant is the difference you made in the world. So yes, anybody who wants to be a leader can be a leader. Anybody who wants to be a dragon leader will have to turn into that fire. And that's what most people are scared of. They don't want to do that. I get that. That's why I don't work with everybody. I work with the top echelon of individuals. I'm proud of that. I love that. There are people who are very successful. They're artists, they're entertainers, they're, they're athletes, they're, they're CEOs, they're entrepreneurs, but they're already at the top of their game and they're going, what's next? What's next? Because another house or another million bucks is not going to really give you what you need. Impacting your grandkids and your grandkids' mates, that might be. <laughs> 
And you have this wonderful way of looking at everything through the eye of, and for those of you who, uh, who can't see the screen here, uh, he's got a, he's got a, a logo up. Uh, with underneath it says stay curious your podcast is all around that uh theme as well which is, is. Uh, excitedly i'm going to be on um uh in a little bit as well and i love this topic and when we first talked you talked about curiosity as being one of the pivotal ways to perhaps even become that leader um what is what tell us more about staying curious obviously it it makes sense when you when you hear about curiosity but yeah. there's 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 more to that so much more. Thank you for asking because curiosity is, there's not a kid who was born into the world who doesn't have curiosity. Every child that was ever born is filled with curiosity. Do you know that you learn more between zero and four years old than if you live to a hundred years old than you will for the next 96 years? Why? Well, because you need to learn. You're deeply curious, but we are trained away from it. We go to schools where they teach us to remember, not to be curious. We, we get stuff shoved in our heads rather than pulled out of our heads. The Latin word for education is educat. Educat means to draw out, not to shove in. But we are so busy shoving in. So my job in everything I do is to draw out. And that is curiosity. I believe, it's my belief, it's not the truth. I believe the cure for the world is curiosity. I believe that when you are confronted, if you're a Trump supporter, you're a Biden supporter, if you were able to be curious with the other person, you would find that there is lots of things that you have in common. But instead, we stop being curious and we get committed to being right. When you're committed to being right, that means you're committed to being wrong, somebody being wrong. And nobody grows from that. Questions require answers. And as a result, somebody gets to be wrong. Curiosity requires understanding. It deepens us. It allows us to see the other person in a much greater way than they're simply on the surface. If you think about when you fell in love with the person you're in love with, I want you to think about that. You will probably, there were lots of nights where you stayed up till four in the morning. You talked on the phone and you were talking and you were chatting away and you said, well, I got to go now. I'll say goodnight. Okay. You say goodnight first. Okay. You hang up first. Okay. You didn't hang up, did you? No, I didn't. <laughs> And and you're curious. You want to know. There's always something more to ask. That's how you fell in love. Well, what if you treated your life that way? What if you treated your business that way? What if you fell in love with your business via curiosity? Because curiosity is the catalyst to love. It's let me know more about you, how delicious you are. Tell me more about well, what if you looked at your business that way? What if you looked at a Biden supporter like that if you're a Trumper? What if you looked at a Trump supporter that way if you're a Biden supporter? What if you looked at the left and the right and the black and the white and the blue and the green and everything from this deep place of curiosity? You would continue to grow. And we don't, we get stuck in our ways because we don't want to grow because we get it committed and invested in being right. This is the way my religion, you know, and your religion might be Manchester United. My religion might be Republican or Democrat. It might be an actual faith-based religion, but it's not a, instead of being right, let me, let me be deeply curious about you. Let me tell me what, what I don't know. I, I go out on first dates with my wife. We've been together 25 years. We go out on first dates. People go, what do you mean? We go out on dates where we pretend we don't know each other. We don't do it. We do it like once a year. We go out and we'll have a dinner and we, we, I pick her up and it's a first date. 
I leave my own house and I come back and I pick her up for a first date and I'm curious and I pretend I don't know anything and she doesn't know anything and we do that with each other. So I said, oh, so, you know, what's your favorite color? And tell me about your favorite color. Why is that? What, what is your favorite smell? And it's like every single time I learn something from somebody I'm madly in love with, curiosity is that it makes everything delicious. Okay. Well, guess what? I'm going to uh, take that one and I'm going to have a first date with my wife. Uh, that I love that idea. Um you know, there's so many different things that uh, about you. Like I said, when we first started, so many different layers and and um, and and flavors of all of the things that you've you've accomplished and or not, and and how and who who you've become. Um, I'm curious. I know that you obviously you had you talked about your, the accident, but is there something along the way that was insurmountable? that you wanted to accomplish and what were the shifts that it took along that whole path uh, to get everything there? Uh, was insurmountable. So uh, what some people don't know about me is that I was born in Northern England in a ghetto surrounded by violence and crime and addiction. Um, nobody left. It wasn't something you did. Nobody even talked about leaving. Well, that's not true. Everybody talked about leaving, but nobody did. Um, I talked about it, but I made a commitment and a plan and I, that was what I committed to do. So the idea of me starting my own business, I remember having a girlfriend and saying, I'm going to have a business. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm going to have my own business. She didn't understand. I talked to her dad. Her dad said, don't be a bloody idiot. Get yourself a decent job with a pension. That was what I was surrounded by. So there was no support. Many years ago, Tony Robbins used to say, find successful people and surround yourself with them. Okay, where? I didn't have any of those. It was completely, completely impossible for me to do that. But what it was, was for me, was this, I was always, as a child, I was this weird kid, again, curiosity. I wanted to know about what was beyond the veil, which is what I called it. And that means physical reality. I thought, well, is there a spiritual world? But that same curiosity was, well, is there something beyond this world, meaning where I lived in Lower Broughton, this ghetto area. What is beyond this? And so I took trips and I would go into the city and I would look at Manchester and then I would trip to London and I'd look at London and I was like, well, why are these people? And I was like, I was looking for the same, but seeing what was different. It was that curiosity that made me believe that the impossible was possible. I was an incredibly shy kid. I know that people find out how to believe. My wife struggles with that sometimes, but I was, and I still am at my root. But it was that curiosity that allowed me to come out of that. And so I was constantly told it was not possible. Everything in my life was not possible. It wasn't possible to go study the, with teachers around the world. I did it. It wasn't possible to study psychology. I did it. It wasn't possible to, to, to work with the best of the world who were... Who were um, all kinds of successful. Wasn't possible. I did it. Study quantum physics. You didn't go to physics school. I did it. Neurosciences. I did it. Not because I'm a smart ass, but because I was fired by curiosity. And so when other people were saying you can't, I was just seeing it as, oh, you don't think you can because you're not curious about it. And I didn't make that bad. It was like, oh, well, that's, you're not curious about it. Of course. If I was curious about it, I would do it. That's it. So there are think people things doing things that I think are like, yeah, I wouldn't bother, but I'm not curious about those things. It doesn't make them wrong. And so it would seem impossible for me to learn how to use spreadsheets. 
because I have no interest. So does it seem impossible? Yeah, because I'm not curious. But if I suddenly became deeply curious, I'm certain I could be. You spark curiosity for those that are either stuck, they're in a place, like you said, high performers are, who are like a million dollars doesn't really, uh, that's not going to spark something. You're, you're at a high level, you're at a medium level, you're at a low level, either and no matter who you are and where you're at, spark the spark behind the curiosity, the thing that you wanted. You went to school and you achieved that one degree. What sparked that and what sparks it for others? It's a great question. So the answer is it's entirely subjective. Everybody's different. But I will help people to find it. And what I mean by that is I'm going to give you a question to ask yourself. And if you get a moment, write this down. If you don't, replay this podcast and please share it with other people so they can have this too, because this is extraordinarily valuable. I want you to ask yourself a very difficult question. And the difficult question is this. As a child, what did I need that I couldn't get or couldn't get enough of? Now, you might go, a bike. No, it might have been that, but go deeper. When you get the answer, whatever the answer is, what was it about that that I needed? When you get that answer, what was it about that that I needed? When you get that answer, go one more. Go four or five deep and keep asking, what was it that I needed that I couldn't get enough of? So as an example, one of the uh, a surgeon I'm working with right now, I asked him the question, and he said, well, I don't know, um, maybe a connection with my dad. And he went, no, 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 I had that. And I said, well, tell me about it. And he goes, well, my dad t- used to take me fishing. And I had this great connection with him when he would take me fishing. And I go, okay. Now, remember, I knew he'd said that first, and then he dismissed it. So I said, can I ask you a question? He goes, sure. I said, how often did your dad take you fishing? He goes, twice. That's an example. He got what he wanted, but he got just a taste of it. So he wanted more of it. So what does he crave in his life? He craves connection, but particularly a connection with men, right? Who can be there for him as side-by-side supporters, right? So I knew that. So I got to understand. So I got him to be curious about what would happen if he became that guy for other men. And he's like, Oh my God, suddenly he's got this connection to his dragon fire and he's got a, he's on fire with doing what it is he's doing. He's looking outside of surgery at all the things he can do beyond that. That curiosity is actually fired from the difference you can make in the world. Not from, Oh, I could do this great thing. Yeah. Everybody's got a new idea every 10 minutes. So what? So what? It's not about that. It's about finding something that meets that desire in you so you can meet it in others. And it's incredibly powerful. And again, it's so delicious because it, it never, it's insatiable yet deeply satisfying. I, I can't think of a, a better way to close this out than everything that you just said. I mean, that, that is a wonderful way to get people to get out of their heads and into their heart. And that dragon heart that you talk about, that vulnerable place where it's going to send us back to, you know, what matters most to each of us individually, uniquely and being a subjective way. It, it, it totally, uh, it, I, I completely align with that. Uh, last question before we go sure. is what's one leadership lesson? that changed the way you approach your life? Oh, that's simple. Vulnerability is power. So everything that we've been trained, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not a kid. Everything I was trained into in leadership was don't let people see the chink in your armor. Um, and I totally and absolutely disagree with that um, through my studies in psychology and a bunch of other things. 
but more than anything, particularly now in these uh, COVID and post-COVID days, um, you know, we would hide our children away from work. Now your children wander into the room while you're in a business meeting and you suddenly are more human. And that allows your people to be more human. And they want to, people want to follow humans. They want to follow people who, who they believe see them. So here's the thing. Empathy is only possible when you believe the person is like you. So you, so how do you do that? You reveal yourself. Now, please understand vulnerability is not a word. We go, oh, this is a good vulnerable story. You know, so I, I talked with a CEO this morning. She said, yeah, she goes, oh yeah, I had anxiety attacks. And I go, tell your face. She goes, what do you mean? I go, you just told me a fact like it was like two plus two equals four. There was no emotional content. I don't believe you. She goes, it's true. I go, I know it's true. I just don't believe you. There's no emotional connection for you. So why the hell would be any emotional connection for me? You want to get people bonded to you by using vulnerability, but you're not vulnerable. She goes, but that's very vulnerable. No, vulnerability is emotional content. And when I, once I got that, I realized, oh my God, all the shit I'm carrying around about how I've got to be perfect is such nonsense and nobody bonds with that. I'm a powerful personality. I'm a big charismatic person. I've got no illusion about that. I can't tone that down. But I can tell you what's been painful in my life, and I can be very real about that, and I can tell you what I'm struggling with in any given day, in any given moment. It doesn't stop me being a big, powerful personality with a ton of charisma. It just makes me human, and here's what I've done with it. Remember that as a leader, whether you're a leader of your family or of your community or of your business, lead with that transparent scale where your heart can be seen, not just your fire, not just your power, but with your heart be the most vulnerable place is easiest to penetrate, but it is the place where all things are bonded. See, this is why I do these. Uh, I'm now fired up. Um, I, I don't care about any, <laughs> if, if you're listening out there and you're not fired up, maybe uh, tell your face. You want to check your pulse. Tell your, tell your face. <laughs> <laughs> tell your face. Yeah. Oh man, this has been great. Where can everybody find you? Thank you for asking, Brian. You can find out more about me at dovbaron.com. That's D-O-V-B-A-R-O-N.com. There you can find out about my podcasts. You can find out about my uh, platform on Medium, which is called The Dragon's Den. You can find out about my videos on YouTube. I'm on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, all Instagram, all those kinds of places. Um, I am on the internet. You can find me. It's easy. What I want to say to you, though, before I go is information is worth the hole in the donut. Please don't listen to this, get fired up, and then go away and tell your friend and then do bugger all with it. That's not going to change anything. Information is what the whole thing Transformation comes from application. Please write down something you will do within 10 minutes of the end of this program and then go do it. I don't care what it is. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be monumental. It can be small. Do it. And moreover, I challenge you to please go out rate, review, and subscribe to Brian's show and share it with other people. Because listen, this is not a time for hoarding information or knowledge or inspiration or any of those things. We've got to be generous with these things. You know, be curious with others and, and share this with them so that they can also get the value. Like I said, rate, review, subscribe to the show. If I can help you, you can reach out to me. My email address is 
given away. It's dove at dovebaron.com. So I'm easy to access because I want to know. And you can write to Brian too and tell us what you got out of it and what you're going to do with it. And my email address is brian at briankramer.com. So there you go. We've got all of our stuff transparently out there. And I, I hope that everybody really listens to you and does that 10 minutes, within 10 minutes of listening to this. Thank you so much for being here and for sharing yourself with everybody. Thank you, sir. My pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us this week. If you love this episode, please subscribe. We love having subscribers just like you. Download a few more episodes. And if you feel moved, we would so appreciate a review. I'd love to also hear your key takeaway. What impacted you from this episode? You can tweet me your answer and reach out on Twitter at Brian Kramer. That's Brian with a Y, Kramer with a K. And definitely be sure to join us in our Facebook group. We have just under 3,000 humans just like you and me looking to connect even more imperfectly. Until next time.